Welcome to episode 7 of Button Key Games Cast. I'm Jordan and this is Evan and uh we're going to have some beers and uh and talk about some games. Uh hello everyone. I hope you are doing well. Uh not really going to talk about it this week, but Sekiro is hard. Sekiro we'll talk about that next week. Is hard. Oh but uh we got a lot of news this week. We got a lot of stuff to cover. We're skipping the usual games first. We'll talk about those in a minute. Yeah. But oh my god, it feels like E3 week just happened with the amount of news that we have to get through. Yeah, and I feel like that's weird for spring. Uh, you know, with the degradation of E3, in a way, I feel like we're just going to get more of these bigger this announcements is, spread out. Yeah, this is just going to be the new norm. The new norm. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, but, which, what you drinking, man? Oh, yeah, I have a beer. Um, in honor of last week being St. Patrick's Day, I have uh, a brew from Old Ireland, the Harp Lager from Guinness, of course. It is, uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah? Yeah. I, uh, I got a new one for me today that I haven't had before. It is uh, probably, probably going to butcher this name. Deschutes? Deschutes? It's a limited release Red Chair NWPA, a Northwest Pale Ale. Mm. We're going we're gonna to see how that goes. That sounds good. I've, I've given my try at IPAs, which I'm not done with them yet. I'm not giving up on them yet. I'm going we'll to go see how an NWPA does. And say that that's just an IPA, but with a couple you're, more. You're, you're, prob- you're probably right. Just, try, just trying to be fancy. But I might like it. You might like it. Or I might not. But. No more delaying. No more delaying. Google, Google had a huge announcement this week. Uh, they showed up at GDC. They were teasing this for a little bit. Uh, and they finally officially announced their game streaming service, Stadia. Stadia. Which I figured, which uh, someone pointed out on, I think a stream I was listening to or something, Stadia, plural of stadium. Yeah. Just a bunch of stadiums. Which which is not how we usually say that. I mean, I usually would say stadiums. But we're wrong. Must be. Uh, this is big news. Yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, we we've we've touched on it before. We we remember the old days of on live. Yep. And uh this is uh this is our second shot at that. And well, our internet infrastructure, you know, I was thinking about it has come a long way. Since the on live days, if you think about it, um, I was thinking about it the other day, actually, like when we were playing, you know, Homefront and stuff on on live in Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Yep. My my Internet was Comcast and it was like I was getting like anywhere from five to ten megabit download speeds and my upload speeds were probably significantly worse than that. You know, now that I look back on it, I'm very surprised that that worked as well as it did. Yeah. Like I said, we I played through all of the original Borderlands multiple times. Yeah. Uh played Homefront multiplayer. Not the not the best experience in the slightest, but I mean it was also Homefront, so it wasn't going to be the Homefront, best experience. Homefront the first Homefront's multiplayer was actually pretty fun. It was pretty good for its day. Okay, I'll take your word on that one. Oh, it was. It's a little foggy for me. Um yeah. but yeah, I played Played through action games like Batman, Arkham, the first two Arkham games, uh, and it worked 
well, but word word on the street is that at least in the demo environment they were showing, this was working fairly flawlessly. Yeah, but that's to be expected. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still still all talk right now. So, so what is Stadia, Jordan? Stadia is essentially a um, the Netflix of video gaming is is kind of what they're going for here. It looks like where mm-hmm. you can you can play video games on your phone, on your tablet, um, on your 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 Pixel Three. Yeah, on your on your low spec mom's laptop. Um, playing your old Dell Inspiron that you had from five years ago. Yeah, and basically all the all the load, uh, the workload is going to be taken care of on the server and it's going to be streamed back to you kind of like a like a youtube video or a netflix um with what they're claiming to be low latency um but that remains to be seen and it will of course depend on your internet speeds and your location uh distance from a google uh server yeah Uh, but they've got them everywhere they have them everywhere they showed a map there was an interview done shortly after that kind of that claimed that um, you could do 1080p 60fps at 25 megabit speeds, um, which 25 megabit. I feel like uh, there's probably a good number of people who have that. But there's probably still a lot of people who don't have a consistent 25 megabit speed. But they're also not mentioning is this upload speed? Is this download speed? Is it supposed to be both? Because I mean, truth of the matter is, a lot of people's aren't the same. You might have a 25 megabit download speed, but your uploads are like 15, and you are uploading a lot of information via your inputs yeah and 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 it's important that the latency on that information be low yeah so uh we kind of get the basic structure of what stadia is going to be we know what a streaming service for games looks like based on past streaming services but they announced a lot of interesting stuff surrounding just the streaming of games that they kind of appeared to be leveraging the power of their ecosystem per se to do something interesting so one of the first things they announced was that they showed a youtube clip of a trailer from the ubisoft website for assassin's creed odyssey or from youtube and at the end of the trailer instead of a link to another video like they would usually have there was just a button that said play and they said you can hit that button and uh, at a minimum of five seconds, you can be playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, and you know this isn't the first time we've seen that either. No. Um, maybe in that exact form, yes. But Gaikai did something very similar. So like on Live, on Live was a service we we would download an applet and you would run that, and it would boot up the on Live service, and you'd buy games on their platform and and play them. And there was no downloads or anything other than the app, but it was only a few kilobytes. Um, but it worked well for its for what it was. Yep. Um, but Gaikai came out later, um, who we all know now was bought later by Sony and is now what's running the PlayStation Now service. But Gaikai was um, <clears throat> was kind of in browser like that. You could go in the browser on the Gaikai website before Sony bought them. Um, I know because I did it. Um, and you could do like a 30-minute demo of Battlefield Bad Company 2. And you just click play in the browser and it would load up the game within a few seconds right there in the browser. Yep. Um, which was pretty cool. Um, but that's kind of what they're doing here. Yeah, they're going for a no executable approach. So pretty much all you will need is Google Chrome. 
Yeah. Uh, and they showed off tablets. They showed off uh, playing on a Chromecast Ultra, which is a, I think it's a $60 buy-in right now, which isn't bad. Um, they also showed off their controller, the Stadia controller. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing about this controller, it looks like a lot of other controllers, Xbox, PS4, what have you. Uh, but this controller, instead of Bluetooth, connects over Wi-Fi. So instead Which is of, interesting to me. I mean, how, how is that controller going to connect to your phone if it connects over Wi-Fi, if you're away from home on 5G later down the road? So, so Wi-Fi, it's, I don't know how it's going to figure out which um, game instance you're supposed to be part of, but based on Wi-Fi, it connects straight to the server. And then back to your computer or back to your whatever you're streaming to. But if you've um, got a, a phone and you're, you know, imagine a little bit ahead or even using a, a fast 4G, because there are 4G network connections that go over 25 megabits per second uh, well, currently. I would, Im- I would imagine that the controller has to be connected to your account. And then if your account is playing uh, Assassin's Creed or something, the controller will just know to go to your yeah, account. Yeah, but what, what is the controller going to connect to? If there's the, no router to connect to, what is it going to connect to? I mean, you have to be on your Wi-Fi, but it's just going to... No, but that's what I'm saying. Is is this service never going to work on, on a cellular data connection solely? Uh, it'll, it'll work over cellular, but to, for the controller to work, you'd have to be on a Wi-Fi network, is what I'm getting. I feel, I feel like that's a weird choice. Uh, I mean, who, do you really want to pull out your controller on the bus? I mean that's kind of that's kind of what they're showing, isn't it? When they show your controller and your phone attached to it with a little device that kind of holds it there, it gives you the impression that look, I can play this on the go. Obviously, our 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 network infrastructure has to progress a little bit here in the United yep. States, but um, I, I think that at a lower resolution, they could pull it off in our current infrastructure. Yeah, um, uh, and and limited limiting the controller is weird to me. So. I'm guessing it can still connect normally, and I wouldn't doubt that there's a Bluetooth option that you can connect like any other controller. Yeah, but that's all speculation at this point. I mean, we, just, we don't know. Um, it's possible. I know Android phones have a feature called Wi-Fi Direct. I've used yeah. it. Um, you can use it to transfer information at times where you can actually connect a, a separate device to your phone's Wi-Fi. Like using Wi-Fi, they can connect directly. Um, and it's possible they could utilize those features on Android devices. Um, but it's just an interesting idea and i think I, I think the thing you just said there about we just don't know and this is speculation is probably after the buzz of it all died down what i came away from this announcement the most is that they didn't say much uh in the terms of what we are going to be paying for this yeah. uh how we are going to be paying for this is it a streaming service is it a library um I mean, the hope is, right, that a game comes out, it's $60, and you can just log into your free Google account on Stadia and say, oh, I, I like that game. I'm going to try out this service. I'm going to pay $60 and buy that game, and I'm going to play it on Stadia. There's no know, subscription fees, things like that. That's the hope. I mean, we don't I know. know that, I know that we've done it before, but in today's climate, it's moving quickly towards this option. But are you comfortable buying a game that you just pay to stream? 
I mean, it's 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 maybe a little bit of a step up from a games as a service anyway, because I mean, you can't even play those games without an internet connection. I mean, it's just a, the only difference is it's not stored locally, and your internet yeah. has to be a bit faster. But as as our infrastructure evolves, that's that's not going to be as much of a question. I understand that people are going to question that now, question that now, um, but it, it's not. I don't think long term that that's that that's going to be a real concern. I know it's going to be a thought in people's minds, um, but I, I do think that that as a mar- as a market will overcome that. I think I think when you look back at this, this is what like kind of damned the Xbox One when it launched. Was it was just had, ahead of its time, man. They had all that news swirling of like you have to be online all the time. You can't play your games offline, uh, and they stepped that back. Uh, I'm not hearing those talks as much, but I think this is even, I I guess it makes more sense because like there is no, you have to be online to do it. Whereas with the Xbox, it's like, I have the game. Why can't I play it? Right. It's a different um, mindset completely. Yeah. Uh, there's something about paying, like shelling out 60 bucks for. Yeah. But I game. think a lot of that stems from the fact that people still haven't wrapped their minds around the fact that you're not owning the game anyway. You're just owning a license this to play is true. it. And you know, I, and even when you buy a disc, you don't own the game. You own and, a license to play the game, and the disc has that content on it. And I'm um, and I'm on that train already. I buy all digital. I don't buy you know disc-based games anymore. But I at least have the the knowledge that as long as my Xbox connects online like once every thirty days or something, I can play Sekiro, even if the internet's down. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's a valid thing. The internet does go down, and that's that's frustrating that you can't um, you it, to to think of a world where you couldn't play anything because the internet's down. Um, but I think that's where we're headed, and I don't think that we can stop it. Even if this isn't the end all, Stadia itself. Yeah. I think that regardless of that, you can take that out of the picture. We're still headed to that world um, to a degree, and it may be five years, maybe shorter, maybe longer, um, but. I mean, I think that's inevitable at this point. Uh, let's put this thought on the shelf real quick, because I think I want to come back to it once we wrap all this up and we talk about what is going to be Google's main competitor in this. Um, but uh, real quick rundown of the rest of the stuff they talked about. Um, they talked about low latency and multiplayer due to the fact that you're never touching the public Internet. Yeah. Uh, you're going straight to Google and straight back. Um, so it's no more relying on the person with the highest ping. And that also, uh, eliminates hacking as well. The way that this is yep. done, not just that, but also the fact that you, you, you don't have access to the individual game files, so you can't, you can't modify them. Yeah. And that's a plus. It's a plus um, in some ways and some will see it as mods. a negative because for yeah. PC players, yeah, you would lose mods. Um, so, um, they showed off state share, which is like, uh, it's like a timestamp link to YouTube uh, where you can literally share your exact moment in a game, like what your health was at, where the enemies were, where you were, all your items. You can share that exact moment in a link and somebody else who is accessing that game via Stadia can click on that link and pick up exactly where you left off. Yeah, it's like sharing a clip except for it's the actual game and you can play it from their from their situation that they were in and that's a pretty crazy thing that's insane uh they also had a few developers on stage they had uh id who announced that doom eternal will be on stadia i think they said as soon as stadia launches i believe so 
Um, and with that, they uh, another developer from Tequila Works came out who made Rhyme, and they talked about uh, style share, um, or style the, uh, transfer. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. It's crazy from a developer standpoint. So you can take a piece of art, and they were just taking like famous pieces of art, like Starry Night, and you can pretty much feed that into their AI. your build of the game. And it will map that style onto the build. Yeah, it uses artificial intelligence to basically take a 3D model with with no um, no visual textures um, or images stamped on it. So it's just gray, blocky yep. stuff. Um, and you can just it'll just take that and adapt it using artificial intelligence to make it that art style. So like you can have the art style of Starry Night or or you know any a number of famous paintings or images in general. And that's pretty crazy the way it worked. And I think the thought there is so that developers can go from their concept art stages to their actual uh, kind of visual design in the game faster. It like shortens that gap. Yeah, because they can literally just inject the image that they already drew by hand. Yes. Um, and that would also give it a, a more, I, I imagine, a more rugged look. Um, but was, not every developer just- may be going for that look, but still, it's pretty cool. And it wasn't just changing the paint. It was literally changing like the style of it. It was changing the look and the feel of the world. Yeah. Um, it didn't just make the Starry Night one like blue and white. It added texture. And it was really crazy. Uh, I, I recommend yeah. going to look at it because it's a really interesting thing. Um, they announced crowd play. So this is like a multiplayer queuing system for if you have a streamer that you're watching and they're opening their lobbies to play with their viewers. You can literally hit a button that says like get in queue or line up or something. And you'll be added to a queue so that the next time their lobby empties or a player drops, it'll add the next person in line. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Interesting. Um, they, they also announced, announced the, the stream connect. Which one was that? They, they announced so much stuff. The stream connect was one of the most fascinating to me. And it was, Basically, the idea of there was a few things that they could do with it. One of them was that they could do split screen co-op um, with with titles that require uh, one of the problems with split screen co-op in, in modern day is that it requires your device to render the game yep. twice. Um, yep. Similar problem that we have with virtual reality um, once for each eye, which is why it requires so much more uh, processing power. But with this, they're they're able to do that because they can they can use the processing power of the data center. And it also allowed not only for a split screen co-op, um, because basically you're running two separate graphics cards for each, each, um, each point of view. They also were able to do things like if you have a tactical game, like a tactical first person shooter, like CSGO, for example, you could actually put in little boxes across the top of the screen that developers could design built into the game, the yep. perspectives of your squad mates. So you could actually see what they see. And that just opens up a whole new world of some tactical gameplay that could that could be coming um, with that in mind. And it just it looks really cool. And that's really cool because we're seeing how Stadia can actually change games, Uh, not just be another platform that we play games on. Um, They announced they're partnering with AMD for their uh, I don't I don't even know what to call it because their their GPUs, their GPUs are custom designed um, by AMD. Um, but they're making it so they can stack. So yeah. you can, 
I think every, like you just start out with one, but if a developer needs more space for their game, they just stack another GPU on it. Yeah. Uh, because all their GPUs are just in their server farms. Uh, so they can stack and stack and stack as many as they want. Um, I'm wondering if developers will have to pay more for more stacks since you're using more. You would only assume. I mean, you're using like more resources to make your game. And that's more resources for every person playing. That's what's crazy to me. It's like kind of hard to comprehend, you know, how that all works. Um, But it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, They also confirmed that they're shooting for 4K streaming with HDR compatibility at 60 frames. Uh, yeah, which I was talking to you and you were saying that your rig has trouble hitting those specs. Yeah. I mean, in, if I run in 4k, like with a new game, like division two, um, I get like 40 frames on ultra. Yeah. You know, I can hit it if I, if I drop settings down, um, but it's, it struggles. And they dropped their, they dropped their teraflops number. I think they were at like 10.4, 10.7. 10.7 teraflops. And what'd you say your rig was? Mine's 10 point, or sorry, and it's just over 11, I believe. So the fact that they're shooting for these numbers, 4K HDR, 60 frames, streaming is crazy. And I guess that can only be contributed to the fact that they can just stack these GPUs indefinitely. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, wonder- I'm wondering where this cap for teraflops even comes from. Oh, you know what? I um I was wrong. So the I have a GTX 1080. It's nine teraflops. Okay. So it'd be feasible to get 4K 60. Yeah, and teraflops aren't everything. Either. Yeah, yeah, of course. They also talked about integrating streamers in this, basically saying that it's it's rendering 4K 60 FPS um and sending that video to you as you play, and it also has another feed going out so you can stream directly to YouTube. Um, and that that could be interesting because then I mean. Basically, you can you don't need streaming PCs anymore. You can stream from your, you know, again, your mom's laptop, you know, yeah. um, and not have performance issues provided you have a, a consistent Internet connection. Yeah. Um, and and in that interview where uh, Phil Harrison uh, with Kotaku had talked about the speeds, he said 25 megabits per second for 1080p 60 FPS. I'm pretty sure he said 30 megabits for 4K 60, which sounds insane to me. Either he said it's 30 for 4K 60 FPS or it adds 30 to that number. I'm not really sure exactly which one it was. Um, but in that same interview, he also said that it would be able to dynamically adjust um, your feed uh, based on bandwidth, kind of like YouTube or Netflix does. And those are probably the two best at it. You know, when you get a weaker connection, you see the quality degrade and it doesn't usually stop to buffer for that. Um, and, and so that's really interesting as well, because then if you have a less consistent internet connection, it doesn't mean you're going to lose connection to your game. This means that your visual fidelity may be reduced for a little while. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that all works. But again, this is all talk right now. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. So that's all the big stuff that they had to announce. Uh, they announced it's coming in 2019. Uh, and they said that there will be more to come in the summer, I believe. More information. Yeah, but like, does that mean E3? Or are they going to do their own thing? Guess what that if Google shows up at E3, dude? Wouldn't that be weird? That'd be super weird. E3 2019 Google press conference. I know E3 is kind of, well, it seems like it's fading as a, as a big event, as we see people doing their own events. Nintendo, I feel really spearheaded this with their Nintendo directs. Uh, E3 seems to be going 
almost the way of the dodo unless they change something up. Yeah. Uh, so I, d- I doubt Google will show up there. Uh, maybe at Google I.O., which is their big, their own big uh, conference type dealie. Uh, I would probably say more likely there than E3. But yeah, more, yeah. more to come this summer. Oh, there was one other thing. They did also, um, they did also drop a, a new studio. Uh, Stadia Games and Entertainment, the yes, new first-party studio, uh, with Jade Raymond heading that up over from uh, from Ubisoft. Yep. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what they come up with. I imagine their games are probably going to be the one that utilize the most GPUs and look the most mind-boggling. And uh, like probably do the craziest stuff. Yeah. You would you would hope that they are showing off their technology in a way that other people haven't quite grasped yet. Yeah, you would think that their games would be the showcase games starting out. For sure. Um, but I kind of wanted to jump off of Google streaming and talk about their main competitor and who that's going to be. And it looks like it's going to be Microsoft mainly. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft has already announced Project xCloud. They actually showed it off at their, uh, inside Xbox where they announced the Master Chief Collection. They showed Project xCloud running on a phone, uh, with an Xbox controller attached to it and they showed it running forza horizon f- four yeah uh, that it, yeah it was cool that's pretty much all we've heard about it uh we knew this has been coming um and i think it's kind of like a tale of two cities on this one google definitely has the advantage when it comes to having uh a internet infrastructure backbone mm-hmm. and being able to handle a lot of people at one time with their dedicated servers. Uh, but Microsoft already has a foot in the industry. Yeah. They have connections with developers. They, they have friends in the industry. They're working with Nintendo now. Um, and I think Microsoft has been setting up for this. Well, not only that, I, I feel like me personally, I have more trust for Phil Spencer and Microsoft. Yeah. Right now than I do for Google and Google is going to have to earn that from me. For sure. Um, and it's been interesting. I, I know uh, Phil Spencer actually sent out an email. Um, it was either, I think it was the, the either the day of the uh, announcement or the day after. Um, and he said, uh, today we saw a big tech competitor enter the gaming market and frame the necessary ingredients for success as content community and cloud. There were no big surprises in their announcement, although I was impressed by their leveraging of YouTube, the use of Google Assistant, and the new Wi-Fi controller. There has been really good work to get us to the position where we are, poised to compete for 2 billion gamers across the planet. Google yeah. went big today, and we have a couple of months until E3 when we will go big. Yeah. And uh, so it doesn't sound like they're too shaken by this news. And, and you, you're not going to be. You're not going to at least yeah. sound like it. You're yeah, of course. Your- put on your brave face and and go out there for the people. Right. Um I think what Xbox has been doing for the past couple years has been leading up to their streaming service. I think having Game Pass at your disposal really helps for those fears we talked about earlier about not wanting to buy a $60 game that you can only stream. But I'm okay, especially since I already have Game Pass, paying $10 a month to be able to stream any of 200 plus games, including all of Microsoft's first party games day one, 
to whatever device I feel like it. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing, like with, with Stadia, I feel like if they're gonna, if they're gonna come in and do like I talked about, where it's like, you just see a $60 game, you buy it and that's it. You just have to have a controller. You don't have to pay a subscription. I, I would be also shocked if there wasn't a subscription option. For sure. You know, there's in the day we live in, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. There are subscriptions. Sometimes it feels like a negative because there's so many, yeah. uh, but sometimes they're really good values. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with that too. Like something Game Pass-like possibly. I think, I think Microsoft has a bit of a, of a mental head for me in this race because... If I buy an Xbox game, assuming assuming I can play it uh, via streaming on anything, or I can play it directly from my Xbox, yeah, or my PC, or my God forbid Switch, I guess. And that's <laughs> kind of a huge advantage. That's a big advantage. You know the fact that yeah, I can stream it if I want from their servers, or I can play it locally and on my PC and not have to worry about. Um, internet and latency and stuff like that because i mean even during their conference for stadia they had they showed him on the pc and and if you watch his mouse hand when he's on the pc you can see you can see a little latency you can see the delay and when the game reacts and of course this isn't out yet you know so we don't know but it'll be interesting to see how if microsoft does that better or you know when they both launch just to kind of see what happens it's definitely something to keep an eye on uh and I wanted to ask you, because I put some thought into this and I have my own thoughts. Where do you where do you see Sony standing in this? Where, what is their position in the industry now that another giant has entered? Sony being a giant themselves, but two giants going head to head with streaming and Sony lagging behind in that area. It could go either way where they just say, no, we're Sony. This is what we do. This is how it is. But I don't think so. I mm-hmm. think I think they're going to come up with something. I think they're working on something we don't know about. Yeah. Um, this is based on nothing, but it's just what I think. I mean, they've got to be right. Um, they they bought Gaikai. They have the infrastructure. Um, I feel like they've got to have been working on something. And you know, I remember when the Xbox One X was announced. I remember one of the Sony execs. I can't remember who saying he thought it was odd that they announced it so soon, and it didn't come out till over a year later. So Sony's the type who likes to, hey, here it is at E3, and then in November you can buy it. You know what I mean? They don't want to make you wait. So like, maybe they're doing that here. Maybe they're working on something. They just aren't going to tell us about it until later. I don't. I don't know if I. I kind of doubt they're that far along. If they are, it probably won't come as fast as the other two. Um, But I feel like they've got to be working on something. My my worry is that they don't have the infrastructure. Uh, I've had, I've had more problems with the PlayStation network than any, uh, of my problems with Xbox. That's true. Um, their download speeds are horrid. Uh, a big I'm, part of that is their consoles, at least the original PS4 does not have built in five gigahertz Wi-Fi. Yeah, That's I, a big part of that. I was downloading a game on Xbox and I saw that thing hit 500 at one point down. Uh, I'm on gigabit speed, obviously. To be uh, fair, to be fair, I'm pretty sure Microsoft fudges the numbers a little bit um, hey, because they, I'm they pretty sure they I'm pretty sure they show you your hard drive transfer and write speeds, not your download speed when you're downloading stuff. But which are much still, faster. They're still going much faster than PlayStation. No question. It's it's not even the same ballpark. And obviously, Steam goes faster than anybody. Um, but that's a different topic. Uh, 
I just don't they've they've had PlayStation now for a while. It hasn't been up to snuff. It, it's true. It's true. The, that's the thing is the PlayStation now service. If that's an indicator of what we're going to get from Sony, if we get something, it's it's not a very good. It's it's indication. Almost, it's like a bad omen. Yeah. To it's almost a bad omen for streaming in general. But then I remember that Sony doesn't have network infrastructure like Microsoft and uh, Google do. Yeah. I think there are I think there are legitimately three companies that could get into this game and it's Amazon, Microsoft and Google. Well, you know, I don't know if you heard that uh apparently there's I think it's just rumors that uh Walmart is actually trying to get into the I game. I saw that. That's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> That's a ridiculous thing. Yeah. The uh, Walmart gaming service. We'll pay you $5 to play it. Yep. <laughs> so that's Stadia. Yeah. Uh, look for more of that in the summer. Um, and they were not the only company to have a bit of a press conference this week. Uh, Nintendo had another direct. Uh, and this one was around their indies. So they it's a Nindies direct. Um, I'm not really going to go into detail about all the games they show, just a couple. Uh, that being said, I did enjoy a majority of the games and I'm looking forward to most of them coming out because they all look pretty cool. But they opened up the show with Cuphead. Yeah. Uh, and in case you were unaware, Cuphead is a Microsoft Studios published game. Yes, uh, it is. Microsoft backed that game from the beginning. Uh, it's only on Xbox and PC right now. Uh, so this seems like an omen for things to come when it comes to Microsoft's and Nintendo's relationship. Uh, and it's bringing along with it Xbox Live compatibility. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what kind of online service Cuphead had win it uh or on xbox um it might just be for the achievements and you know, that kind of thing it could be bringing achievements to the switch which is what everybody's been asking of the switch for a long time uh this this seems to be more signs pointing towards nintendo and xbox working together in a much bigger way yeah um with rumors of ori and the will of the wisps coming to Nintendo Switch, which is another Microsoft joint. Uh, it seems like they're partnering up for what seems to be the long haul. All signs point to it. Um, there was also a game called The Red Lantern, which is kind of like uh, an FTL game, but you're a woman running the Iditarod with her sled dogs. The Iditarod, what is that? That is a that is the biggest like dog sled race. Think like the Boston Marathon for dog sled races. Gotcha. Um, and it seems to be very story based, but it will have rogue light uh, elements, kind of like FTL did. Um, so keep an eye on that. There was a game called Rad by Double Fine. Um, I love me some Double Fine. They make some awesome stuff. Uh, and this is another roguelite uh, where you play as a random character 
who is fighting in not the first apocalypse, but the second apocalypse. Uh, so post pre post apocalypse, something like that. Apocalypse two. Apocalypse two. Um, the sequel. Th- the whole gist of it appears to be you getting mutations. Uh, as you go through your runs will be based on these mutations. So it showed like a person getting a snake head and their snake head had like a longer ranged melee. Uh, you got like a bug mutation, which means you pooped out little bugs that were your friends uh, and they helped you fight. Uh, this game looks awesome. I love double fine and what they do. They make yeah, it sounds really cool. Weird, quirky games and I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, and I think the really big one that kind of surprised everybody was the last thing they announced. They announced the Cadence of Hyrule, uh, which is a mashup of Crypt of the Necrodancer. No, yeah, Crypt of the Necrodancer and Legend of Zelda. So Crypt of the Necrodancer was a roguelite based on music. So everything you did had to be in time to the beat of music. So if you moved, you had to do it on beat to keep up a combo. Uh, And you would just move into enemies to attack them. And you had to do it on beat. So you have to think really fast, really on your really on your toes, because if you missed a beat, you drop the combo. So they announced that they're doing a full game with the Legend of Zelda license, and it has the art style of. It looks a lot like Minish Cap, uh, but with the design elements of Link to the Past. Um, it looks awesome. You should keep an eye on that. Nintendo is letting people do stuff with their IPs. That's really interesting. Um, they let Ubisoft have uh, Mario to do Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, which was a very fun mashup and worked very well for them. Yeah. So I'm all for Nintendo handing their IPs to other studios to let them do interesting things that Nintendo isn't going to do themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. And you have a Switch. I do. Uh, so, if you get the time, go watch that uh, Nintendo Direct. It's only 30 minutes long, but they had a lot of cool information in there. Cool. In other news, um, we, we also had uh, an announcement at GDC this week. Uh, or more of a demonstration, rather, where they showed off the uh, new Oculus Rift S and the Oculus Quest. Um, the Rift S looks—it's just basically just an up- upgraded or updated Rift with uh, five-camera inside-out tracking, um, tethered to a PC. Kind of just you know, just an update to the Rift. It's not anything crazy. Um, the Quest, on the other hand looks awesome and i've heard nothing but great things um it is a standalone headset uh, which we we knew about it it's not new news it's just that we finally seen it in action i haven't but a lot of people have um and it it's a standalone headset no computer no wires runs on a battery you just put the headset on and it has full room scale motion controls just like a pc vr would um it has four camera inside out tracking and from everything I hear, it works really, really well. Um, I know one of the games that was demoed a lot and talked about a lot was uh, was Beat Saber. Um, and from what I hear, it just it, it, it worked great. Um, and I am excited about that. I think I might have to pick one of those up uh, when they come out because I love VR. 
but man, the truth is it, it can be, it can really be a hassle. Um, and wireless VR standalone that I can just take the headset anywhere is, is really appealing. Uh, Jordan, I want to apologize to you, uh, because the other week I made a comment that said we weren't even breathing on mainstream virtual reality. Uh, this is it. Yeah, dude, you were wrong. Uh, I was, I, I was right for the time. I was, <laughs> this was not announced when I said those words. Okay, so we stopped holding our breath now. Yeah, you can breathe again. This, this does what I need virtual reality to do. And it's to not be a pain in the butt whenever I want to use it. And you know, and you know, we might be lucky enough that this, these, both of these headsets are coming out in spring. So very soon. Um, and they're also both going to be three ninety nine. And so when you're, when you're shopping for your VR headset, you know, cause everyone's going to be doing that and you, and you see $380, I can get this Nintendo Labo set up and you see three ninety nine for this Oculus Quest. Ooh. Definitely, definitely get the quest because that Lavo, that Lavo is going to hurt your feeling. You brought that back up. You you (laughs) saw it. That guy had a bird strapped to his face and he was flapping its wings with the headset inside of it. But if someone makes the wrong choice and they buy Lavo, do you think they're going to take a second chance on quest, Evan? Again, I'm saying you don't buy a switch for Lavo or Uh, (laughs) Lavo VR. You know, maybe, maybe it's an extreme analogy here. It is a bit of an extreme extreme analogy. This is this is on another level. This is not having children on the box uh, promoting but your game. My point still remains. Uh, I watched a video um, on the YouTube channel Up Up Down Down uh, with Austin Creed, a.k.a. Xavier Woods of the WWE. Um, and he played Beat Saber and he showed off the headset a little bit. And what they are doing is crazy. So they took the the handheld controllers and they flipped the halo uh the other way so the helmet can see what the controllers are doing and you literally draw out your room scale vr or your room scale setup with the headset uh and it puts up the same like guardian play space that oculus has been doing and so much so that if you go beyond like the red wall of the guardian play space it turns on the cameras for the VR headset so you can see what you are doing outside of the game. Yeah. Um, and I think this solves a big problem with VR for me because you can actually take this places and share it with people. And that's what's that's so important. That's so important for VR, which is why um, the day I bought my PlayStation VR that you came over and played it. And, and then you were still like, I hate VR. And yeah, I was I was like, you're crazy. Maybe it's because I had cords strapped to my head. Them dang cords, man. They were they were cutting off the blood flow to your brain. And, obvi- and obviously PSVR isn't room scale. Um, this no, is not this just seems to be the way to do VR outreach. Um, if you want to show somebody cool VR, show them the Oculus Quest. If I'm going to have to get one, man. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to get one, too. And my wife's going to, like, murder me. She doesn't listen to this, so it's okay. She'll never know. But yeah. this, this has been the headset that has most sold me on VR since VR has been a thing. But again, you haven't even tried it. 
So we 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 are we are definitely going off the hype right now. So we're gonna have to wait and see. But like we said, every everything seems to be pointing up on this one, and it's a reasonable price point. That was my that was the craziest thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, when I bought my PlayStation VR in October 2016, 4.99. It was 4.99. 499. Yo. When I bought my Vive after I got my PC, of course I sold my PSVR to get it, but it was, I think I paid like 480 for it. And the PSVR was going for 250 new at the time, so I didn't get that much for it. Uh do you think Vive survives after this? If they don't do something if in Valve in general, and we'll get into that a little bit, but if they don't if they don't start doing something, man, things are gonna start to not look so great. Yeah. In the Valve space. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna get a little rockier for them in the yeah. future. Yeah, they've been smooth sailing for a while now, not doing too too much. And, yeah, uh, they're gonna have to start making moves again. Yeah. So that's uh, I, that's Oculus. They're doing cool yeah. stuff. So so let's go ahead and get into that because I, I want to talk a little bit about the Epic Game Store. This is your favorite topic. You love the Epic Game Store and everything that they're doing. So so. I've, I've been I've been fighting the idea of the Epic Game Store pretty hard, mm-hmm. um, but I do have to acknowledge. I mean, if I was a developer, and there's a storefront over here that says, "Hey, yeah, we're we're only going to take twelve percent." Yep. And Steam over here is taking thirty. Yep. That's that's a big difference, man. For games for games that aren't AAA for anything. Yeah. Uh, and and at the end of the day, if this is what it takes to get Valve to get up and do something different and start making moves, I mean they've done a great job on Steam. That's why people are so loyal to it. But that's like all, it seems like all they do now. I mean they've made a few games here and there. They made their um, what was that artifact? Oh that but, oh yeah, that and, was a bomb. But they haven't done much in the game development space or in the you know they haven't really made any big moves, um, even with Steam. And I mean. It's it's time for them to do something, man. Um, and and if that's if that's the end result of this, you know, I'm okay with that. So what they're, is they're, what is the this you're talking about? What is what what is happening that is causing you to think about Epic Games? The Epic Games Store, man. I mean, they're locking down. They're yeah. locking games down. Uh, you know, I I don't like exclusives. Yep. Um, which you know is one of the reasons I've always thought it was kind of crazy when you hear Xbox players like, oh, we don't have enough exclusives. Yep. Like exclusives are bad for everyone. Yeah. So Unless why you're a Sony are you worried about boy. that? <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, it just because you have an Xbox doesn't mean you should want more exclusives. No, because all like, that does is make it where you can say, "Oh, I have an Xbox, so I can play this." So I would like you, everybody to play boy. every game. Yeah, you're not hearing um, many people who play Xbox say, "Ugh, ugh, Halo on PC." Ugh. ugh oh, um, I, I've seen a little bit oh, of that God, actually. Well, God, what idiot! <laughs> I'm just hey, it's the way that that people have been brainwashed. Why? It doesn't make sense. It Everybody doesn't. should be able to play these amazing games. But at the end of the day, I also have to give Epic's perspective some credit too because sure. they're they're another player in a saturated market yep. where there is big competition and Steam dominates it. Yep. So and this seems I can understand where they're coming from where it's like we need to do this. I also don't like some of the comments they've made. Um, yeah. I don't have a lot of trust for them. Nope. Um, but at the same time, 
if they start cleaning up that storefront and they can, which they, they've already said, I mean, there was an interview with Tim Sweeney um, in Eurogamer where he talked about a lot of the features that are coming and kind of their view for things. Um, you know, they're getting cloud saves and stuff like that. The one thing he didn't touch on that I'm still, I think, is one of the most important problems they have is security. Yes. Um, account security is a serious problem on the Epic Game Store. If anyone here has an Epic Games account, I bet 60 to 70% of you have gotten an email at some point saying, hey, someone tried to get into your account. Yeah. It's happened to me numerous times. Um, it's happened to my wife on her Fortnite account. And it's just, it's it's a common problem that shouldn't be common. Um, so that's really the biggest thing. Once, But if they can get that storefront in good shape and bring those features that we want, I'm not closed to the Epic Games Store. But I still hope at the end of the day that this just makes valve get up and do something even if that something is them saying hey look we'll 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 do 12 percent, or we'll do 15 percent, and you'll sell a lot more copies or you know whatever they decide to do but we, we live i'm gonna a, let it go where it goes we live in a world where taking 30 percent of the devs cut is gonna not cut it for much longer because it yeah. used to be that you were competing with brick and mortar stores and they were taking the cut because of shelf space. Uh, that's not the case anymore. And you're just working with digital goods. And of course, there's bandwidth. So you, need, you should take something. Because yeah, and you have, you have servers and all your kinds of Your servers are the ones pumping these games out to people. You also have a platform. Yes. You know what I mean? You have people that are going to be logging in, whether they're looking for your game or not. And they're going to see your game. I'm not saying the platform makers should not make money. Because they should. Because they're putting in work to make this work as well. Yeah. If, if they weren't doing that, we wouldn't have this wide launch of games that we do in such a secure fashion that we do. But, but we need to re-examine the market now that it appears that GameStop is going south. It appears that uh, Walmart and Best Buy are trying everything they can do to stay relevant in a world where Amazon exists and in a world where all digital games are existing. Uh, yeah, Game, GameStop's been struggling for a long time, man. Sure. But but we're definitely putting a few more nails in that coffin. So um, I think Valve needs to take a look and say, like, is it worth losing the trust of our developers to make this much money or to take but, this big of a cut? Yeah, but my fear in the end is that they're not they're not going to do anything, and they're just going to hope that the loyalty of their fan base will keep them alive. And I don't think they're going to go anywhere anytime soon. No, no, no. But no. that's that's just going to allow Epic to become a bigger and bigger competitor. I think the one good thing, and you you have more thought on this than I do, obviously, but I think the one good thing of the couple of good things that Tim Sweeney has said was they are not going to release a bunch of like junk games on their yeah store. they're they're filtering quality. Um, which it can be seen as a good thing and a bad thing, um, by some, but I, think I, I don't you, have an issue with it. I think when you look at the steam storefront at times, it's like, why are these, what, this is just a mobile port of a mobile game and they did nothing to make this work. Uh, I think it's a line that you need to work around, but we do need to have curation so that good games that are smaller can rise to the top and not just be drowned out by a bunch of mess. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a huge issue. Um, I, I think, I don't think they're saying that 
indie games aren't going to be on the store. I think they're just saying that games like the controversial games that have been on Steam, like oh the more recent Rape Day, God. Um, and then the school shooter simulator or whatever that was, you know, stuff like that is not going to um, ex- ever exist on the Epic Game Store. And I'm not necessarily against that. And, and I know there's going to be some guys out there who are like, oh, censorship, no. But, I, I mean, there's cen- there, it's there, It's obvious, like, terrible things that yeah. they're doing something that was made simply to be controversial and it's not you know it's I mean? not being made for art it's not saying anything other right. than terrible disgusting things that should not be said yeah and as long as they stick to that and they don't start filtering out you know games that are good and not controversial just not what they want to play which i yeah. don't think they would do that but no. as long as they don't do that it's not a problem yeah um I think their storefront needs a lot of things. I mean, it's sure. hard to navigate, yep. especially when they get a lot of games. It's going to be really hard to find stuff. There's not like a good categories and filtering options. Um, they need cloud saves and, you know, a lot of little things. But they have said all that stuff is coming. The account security is one I haven't seen addressed that needs to be addressed. But, you know, a lot of this, if, you know, we're talking about all this, if, if you didn't know, um, this past week it was announced that Outer Worlds mm-hmm. by Obsidian Entertainment is going to be an Epic Game Store exclusive. Um, now, they said that it will also be on the Microsoft or Windows Store front as well, and uh, just because of that, that's where I'll buy it. And that's probably because Microsoft owns Obsidian yeah. now. And and also, I mean, this is published by Private Division, which is, I believe, a Take Two uh, company. Yes. Um, but they, I believe, this was more than likely their influence. Um, meaning that further our future Obsidian games will probably not be doing this. Probably not. Um, but Outer Worlds still looks like a great game that I'd love to play. I'll probably be buying it on the Microsoft storefront because I have that option. But what I'm saying is I'm not 100% closed off to Epic Game Store. I'm going to give them a chance to to earn my business as a consumer. Um, I'm also not super pleased with everything they've done and some of the things that they've said. but. All that being said, um, I suppose we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting. This has been interesting from the jump, and I think people were hoping that they would come out with a good and robust store, and this wouldn't be nearly the problem if they weren't procuring exclusive games. Right. Um, And I mean, at the end of the day, as much as it irritates us as PC gamers, that's the only reason we're talking about them. Oh, and don't pirate games. You people who pirate games. Yeah. The, the that's devs, a serious thing. The devs did not make the decision to put this on the Epic Store. That was a few people high up in the company. Producers generally. Uh, do not take anything away from the developers just because you don't want to buy it on Epic Store or wait a year. Yeah, you know, and I see people arguing, you know, well, the developers get paid a salary, whether the game sells well or not, it doesn't matter. Until the studio gets shut down. Exactly. I mean, we see it every day, Yeah, seems like, or, you know, at least a few times a month, studios are getting shut down. I think it came um, out and, that And these Metro, devs are out of a job. I think it came out that Metro Exodus was uh, pirated to an insane degree. Yeah. Uh, probably because of the Epic Store exclusivity. Yeah. I mean, all over the subreddit for PC gaming and PC Master Race, they're, everybody's calling for it. Like, don't, don't support Epic Game Store. Um, pirate the game and then buy it when it comes out on Steam. No. But, like, what, what does that teach 
the publishers and the developers because at the end of the day, Epic is guaranteeing them a certain amount of money if they don't make sales. Yep. So if, as long as they hit that number, or even if they don't, I mean, they're going to make the money. And then when you buy it on Steam, they're still going to make the money from you yeah. because you were patient and waited. So what does that teach them? Nothing. It's saying, oh, this worked. Let's do it again. And it's not teaching them anything. Yeah. You, if anything, you're pushing them more towards the company that is paying them more to have their game there. Yeah, because they're saying, oh, well, we'll get guaranteed revenue so that if people pirate our game, you know, we'll get we'll get paid. Now, I understand everybody's like, well, with Steam, I don't pirate because it's so easy and they have good prices and good sales and blah, blah, blah. It, it doesn't justify it at the and, end of the day. And that's like Steam has kind of trained us as gamers to wait for these sales. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of PC gamers are very patient. It's true, except for when they want to pirate things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just. Just don't pirate, man. It's bad. It it is it is doing no one any favors. Oh, and yeah, just just saying, Capcom. I'm still waiting for Resident Evil Seven in VR on PC. Still waiting. Bring it. Continue yeah. the resurgence. Yeah. I played I played through it on PS4, but I want to do it again. That game in VR was fantastic. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, well, don't pirate. I mean, Please. it's pretty easy. Please don't pirate. We don't want to. We don't want to talk on here about another studio shutting down. We don't. Yeah. Uh. So CD Projekt Red came out with uh, an announcement. Speaking of a company who is doing a lot of things right when it comes to uh, gamers and consumer friendliness, uh, CD Projekt Red announced that they have two RPGs coming out by 2021. So within two years. One of them being Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, the other one being an unannounced CD Projekt Red game, which is coming out in two years. Uh, and knowing the time span of their games and how long they take to make, that's an exciting thing to hear. Yeah. It's good to get a, get a window on that. Uh, and yeah, that, that confirms that CD or uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out at least within two years. Sooner rather than later for that game, please. It yeah, it's so exciting. And uh, I want to know what this other game is. I do. I do for sure. Uh, and you said Disney is reviving Lucasfilm games. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with LucasArts. Um, not too sure what they may have done in the past, uh, but we don't really know what they're going to do. Um, don't know if it's going to be some AAA Star Wars stuff. I mean, I know EA still has a contract for Star Wars games for like another three or four years. Um, so I don't really know what they're going to do. It may, it may just be mobile games for all we know. Could be. Um, so yeah, that's the news. We're just, we're just going to talk real quick about what we've been playing. I imagine. Uh, and I imagine unless you have anything else, which you should bring up before we talk about what we're going to talk about. Uh, I guess we both been playing division too. Yeah. Um, this is a big game and it's a, it's a big game to talk about. And how much I'm probably like a third of the way through the progression before end game. What level? Uh, level 12. Okay. Uh, 13. I just did the dark zone tutorial. And the last main mission I did before that was the, not, uh, the history museum. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. So I guess to make this conversation, not all over the place, I kind of want to split this up into categories to talk about because it is a lot 
Um, and I guess first let's talk about like story and world building. Uh, this game obviously is set in DC. Mm-hmm. It is set uh, six months after the Black Friday virus got released in New York. Um, and it has six months it, after the release of the virus. Yeah, it was like uh, six months after like the Black Friday virus, I think. How how far after that Black Friday was the first game? It was like right after because all it was still winter. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um. So this is like within the same year of it's summer. Yeah, basically it's summer. It's like spring, summer in DC. Um, the story is not the strongest part of this game. Uh, the world building, though, I think is one of the strongest parts of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is so far, it's just it's another division story. Yeah, I barely even know what's going on. There. I don't I don't know the names of the characters that I'm interacting with. I can kind of tell who it is by their voice, but that's about it. But at the same time, I don't really care. No, uh, th- that's not what looter shooters are about. And I guess that's where Destiny is ha- like having its day is they're trying to make a story matter in the yeah. looter shooter space. But and that's what everyone expected Bioware to do. You, you know, <laughs> you know, you're right. Uh, but it wasn't. Um, but I think what Division lacks in story they make up for in world design and world storytelling. Uh, This DC looks so real to as, as people who live close to DC. Uh, Yeah. We know what DC looks like and man, they nailed it. Um, They nailed the look and they nailed making a believable. uh, It's not really an apocalypse. It's a, a devastation a of big, humanity. Yeah, like a disaster for sure. This world seems so thoroughly in disarray. It's not like destroyed. It's not uh, past repair. But there are times when you're just walking through the streets and you're in like a mass grave. Um, yeah. There, And it's funny. It's different areas. Like there's a specific... Yeah district that there's like a lot of bodies every area Um, has feels and yeah uh, i was listening to someone talk about it i forgot who it was but they said the developers wanted to set up this world to say like here's where this happened here's where we brought all the people and quarantined them uh here's where uh this riot broke out here's where this happened here's where this happened and that each district tells its own story uh yeah it's a cool thing but apart from that, their main mission design and the levels they build to house these main missions are incredible so far. Uh, I mentioned the the history museum and the mission that takes place there, and you're just going through like ages of America. So yeah, there's like a planetarium. I think there's a spot where you're like, I didn't even get to the planetarium in, yet. It's like in the beginning of the the science museum. I didn't do this. Oh, you did. Oh, you're talking about I did the history. Okay. Movie. I've, yeah, I've seen the like, planetarium. It's like Vietnam stuff going on yeah, in there. World like War II or something. Climactic fight. And like the music switches from like music to like the noises of a jungle. Yeah. Uh, because you're in a museum and you fight in like a TV station and it feels like a TV station. You're on sound stages and you're on uh, like you're by ticker tapes. And there's a cool shot where you just go into a room that's like an entire wall of like ticker tape. So it just glows this cool orange glow. And I wish you fought in that room, but you don't. And it's upsetting. Uh, 
but it seems like they're doing a lot of awesome stuff with their world. Yeah. And I guess we're going to I guess we're going to like take this into gameplay um, and like the loop. But to drag it from the world into gameplay, they do like weather effects. Amazingly well. Uh, the weather that happens in the division is some of the most distracting weather I've ever seen. In and, the best way. In the best way. Um, so you can just be running through DC and then this freak thunderstorm hits. And it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Like it starts to like darken. The sky darkens a little bit. Things get a little bit cloudy. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of a rainstorm. And you're noticing the thunder and all of this stuff is working together to try and distract you from the enemies that you are fighting. And it makes fighting in this rainstorm and traveling in this world uh, just a bit more terrifying because you don't know what's around the next corner and you can barely see. And there's a point where I was just traveling through the world and sunrise was happening, but like a thick fog had fallen over D.C. And you can barely see in front of your face. And they're not just using weather systems for the sake of saying like, look, this is a living, breathing world you're in. They're using weather systems to actually control gameplay and control your pace and control how you function. Because I play that game entirely differently when it's storming than than I do when it's sunny. And so now we'll go full on into the gameplay loop because... uh, they made you care about cover in this game. <laughs> you have to. You, you Cover in this game is like more important than it's ever been. Th- this, is, this is like hardcore Gears of War. Like if you're playing Gears of War on the hardest difficulty, that's how important that cover yeah, is. Yeah, and, and we're on the easiest difficulty. Uh, yeah, you, you like their difficulty stuff's weird. I think, we, I think we had a conversation about having to figure that out. Yeah, it like makes you play the game on easy the first time. Until you replay a mission, you can't even play it on normal or hard. So You play it on easy, which they call story. So story pretty much has the main missions gated at a certain level. Side missions don't follow this rule. But if you're playing a main mission for the first time, it's going to be rated as story for difficulty. And it's just going to be whatever level that main mission is supposed to be. So you could be a level 12... But if you didn't do a main mission, it could be a level 10 and you could just decimate everybody there. Um, But once you beat it once and you go back to play it again, it will have uh, normal difficulty and hard, which are characters that are either your level or above your level. uh, From what I hear. So that's how they're handling difficulty. But. This this game's combat feels. Exquisite. It feels like they paid attention to how guns are supposed to feel. Uh, yeah. The recoil never quite goes back to where you started. Which in every other game, if you fire an automatic weapon and then you let go and it goes back to its neutral position, it's back where it started. Something you don't notice on PC because it doesn't go back at all. Yeah. Well, shut up. I'm playing on an Xbox, sir. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it definitely feels good. I mean, the gun combat, it, it's fun. What do you, I'm curious, you, you remember my comment last week about Borderlands good yeah. loot? Yep. How do you feel about that right now? I'm still with it, man. Um, 
I just hit the point where guns are dropping in like the purple category. I don't know what they call their rarities. Um, but that's when they start dropping perks on the guns. So the guns then have perks for that gun specifically. And then I think they call the purple legendaries. Uh, yeah. So I have, I'm using, uh, like an M4 police, which is a autom- pretty much a generic automatic weapon. And it has a higher fire rate. It's also super accurate. I've got one of those. Well, mine and isn't. Compared- because really? I, spec- I spec differently. Well, the one I've got is like, compared to any other full auto rifle that I'm using, it's so accurate. It's ridiculous. And the fire rate on it is ridiculous. So I, I wanted to test like the range of how the builds work. So I, I switched from specking towards like a tanky build and I spec towards like damage DPS. So you're pretty much putting all your stuff into like uh, critical chance higher, critical damage higher, headshot higher. And yeah. when you spec that way, you just end up with more inaccurate guns because all your specs have generally have drawback to uh, the mods on the guns at least have drawbacks. So if I want like uh, a site that has 20% or 10% uh, critical chance, it's probably going to have like a minus 10% stability on it. So I'm like dropping dudes really fast just because I'm like popping crits like nobody's business. And you can tell it feels better uh, that I spec that way. And you can spec into armor. You can spec into making your character more durable. Um, You can spec into uh, everything with your talents. So right now I'm running uh, a Kim launcher that does armor damage. And I'm running a shield that I run around and it. I can have my uh, assault rifle out when I'm running around with a shield. Yeah. Um, the, the way that the, the design pushes you towards interesting decisions. Um, whereas other games, you, you just kind of go along with it. I, you don't, well, I, I, I have some qualms with this mod system. Okay. It's probably my biggest complaint in the game. Okay. It sounds like you're enjoying it though. I'm enjoying it a lot. So. I don't have a lot of mods unlocked, but the ones I have, it's like get plus 20% reload speed, but lose 10% crit chance. And then I go and look at my player stats and I only have 2% crit chance. So you're telling me now I have 0% crit chance and, you know, maybe save uh, that, a, that, maybe a second on reload. Did, did you look at this sheet after you applied the mod? No. Oh, before. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've looked at my sheet and it's been 0% crit, but like crits aren't necessary as long as you're building properly the other way so your guns are more accurate and you you can shoot them for longer or for or have less downtime so you can do more damage over time whereas that's weird like it it, the idea of playing an rpg uh, shooter and and saying you don't need crits is just weird to me because like in in every so like destiny borderlands no matter what it is crits are like a super important part of the headshots and crits are different yeah. Headshots oh, no still doubt. headshots still do more damage. And you can Crits are a weak point. You can yeah, on their weak point. Uh crits are just like if you have 25% crit chance, it's uh when a round comes out of a gun, it will have a quarter of a chance to be a critical hit, which just does more damage. Yeah, I guess that is a difference cuz like in Borderlands you get a crit when you get 
a shot on a weak point. Yeah. So if you if you hit a character in the head in Borderlands, that is the critical. Whereas in this one, right. headshots and criticals are different. You can you can get a critical and a headshot stacked on top of each other and it'll just obliterate a guy. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's my issue. I just hadn't quite wrapped my head around that. Yeah. So so it just depends on how you want to play. If if you think you can or if you're using a more accurate gun, uh like a rifle, not an assault rifle, and you think that you can handle it, you can handle the recoil, go for critical hits and you'll just drop people faster. If you if you think that you want a gun that is more stable and more accurate and has less reload time, go for that route. And it you it really makes it so you can build the character the way you want to build the character. Now, one thing I'm a little unclear on is like when I put that mod on the gun and it says it's going to take my crit chance down 10% and my mm-hmm. reload speed up 20%. I mean, I go look at my stats page. My stats page is for like my character as a whole, right? It'll, it, it affects that gun only. So like your, your character stats only drop when you have that gun equipped. So I think if you had like a gun that was spec towards critical chance, whenever you pull that gun out, that'll do critical damage. It just ups your stats. But when overall. you switch to your other weapon, it'll switch your stats to that weapon stats. I think it's the idea of a stat screen that gives me character stats that confuses yeah. me about that. And not like weapon stats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. So I th- I've told you this a couple of times. This is the closest I've felt to Diablo 3 uh, in a loot game in forever. And Diablo 3 is like my gold standard for loot games. This feels a lot like Diablo 3 when it comes to specking characters. Uh, in Diablo 3, if you wanted to make a tank wizard, you can make a tank wizard. Uh, it doesn't make sense uh, from like what we think of as a wizard, but you can make a wizard that's better at tanking. You can make a barbarian that's better at DPS and not as much of a tank. Uh, you can make these characters something that they're, that they're not in their innate form, and it's interesting. So. When I look at like the division inventory screen, I just see like this world of opportunity for what I can make. And it could just be a me thing because I like stuff like that. But I, I just I like having to min max. I like have I like having to balance stuff. I like having to sometimes make a decision to not have a mod on a gun because it's not going towards what I want it to go towards. And yeah, reload speed's nice, but I'm building critical chance and it also drops my critical chance. So that's yeah. not what I want to go for. Um, and you definitely get more of those options later on as you craft your uh craft your mods for your gun. And I think what a big thing that I like in Division Two is that you craft a mod once and you just have it. Uh it never goes away. You can put it on any gun, you can put it on multiple guns. You just have that mod. Um, they don't do that for like armor mods and backpack mods because those just drop out of enemies. They drop like normal, whereas mods drop from uh, doing main missions and uh, crafting from the safe, the safe house, the White House. Uh, I also just got into the Dark Zone, and I only played the tutorial mission, but the Dark Zone seems crazy. And even the world design in the Dark Zone feels so much different than the world design outside of the Dark Zone. Yeah. Uh, have you played- I, haven't, I haven't done that 
tutorial mission yet. I unlocked it, but I haven't done it yet. So the tutorial mission doesn't have any like other players in it. It's it's just an instance of the dark zone without real people. Um, but the gist of the dark zone is that you go into this PvP area uh, alone with your squad, whatever, and you go and you find contaminated equipment that is better, generally better than equipment you can just find in the open world. Um, or does different stuff. And you find this equipment, and then to actually get it, you have to call in a helicopter and extract it, which takes time. And this whole time, you have other division agents running around the dark zone yeah. who at any time can go rogue. And they can, they can kill you. They can take your stuff. Um, I found this place called the Thieves' Den, which you have to like keep doing rogue actions to get access to. Um, and it's kind of like a safe zone for bad guys. That's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. I don't think it had much in there to do since it was in the tutorial zone. They weren't going to be like, here's this amazing gun just for doing the tutorial. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to have to wait for my friends to get that game on Xbox because that Dark Zone gets crazy in a hurry. And this this is a game where you will get slaughtered fairly quickly if you're don't have a team yeah i i didn't i didn't play a lot of dark zone in uh the first division um which i think i've said before but um i'm i'm definitely curious to see what improvements have been made and and see if i'll find some enjoyment out of this one um there wasn't there wasn't anything like that thieves den or anything in the first one right nope okay um this dark zone seems to be more fleshed out with stuff to do uh I didn't play much of Dark Zone after early launch for Division 1, so I don't know what came later. Yeah. But uh, this seems like there are actual like objectives to go and do that's not just, hey, roam the Dark Zone and see what's going on. Uh, and there are obviously like PV, uh, they're like mob, they're mob characters, so just enemies that you destroy. Not player controlled, obviously, uh, and you're just always on the the lookout for enemy players, and it's real, it's real scary, and it's real tense, um, especially when you have like high level loot on the line. Yeah, uh, it's it's real fun, and it can get real hairy real fast. Yeah, and uh, also quick plug for anybody uh, who might be playing Division Two on PC out there, um, join the Button Key Games clan. Official clan on uh, on PC. Just uh, this up, search us up, uh, and uh, we're, uh, we're looking for more people. We got uh, f- I think four in there now. I think it tops out at fifteen um, for the clans on Division, which is a pretty low number. But I think it was more than that. Is it? I've seen. Cl- I've I've looked in the clan list, and it was a bigger number. Okay. Well, it's. I it's know like that 60, they're not. It's like sixty or fifty or something. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Well, then I was totally wrong. But but yeah, <laughs> check out that um that clan join up. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll play some Division. So yeah, that's that's Division 2. Definitely not a final... I didn't even talk about enemies. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> it's just a big game. Uh, definitely not a final review. This game could go south yeah, by the I mean, end. I mean, we're still in the tutorial stage, man. We gotta, Pretty we gotta, much. We gotta get to that end game. Uh, start uh, doing some eight-man raids. That's not even out yet. Yeah, we'll, so, we'll, we'll get there. I, I, heard a, I heard a YouTuber named SkillUp say this. Um, on Twitter, I think, but it feels like division came out, uh, having already completed like a year one roadmap 
that these other games are doing. Yeah, it's definitely a more whole game than a games as a service, I think, we've gotten yet. Like, you know, compared to almost anything else out there. I mean, there there are people that love Destiny, but Destiny didn't take off for me until Forsaken King. Um, the Taken King. Taken King. And then the Forsaken happened was your your two for Destiny 2. And that made it feel like a more complete game. Uh, I played Anthem for like two hours and I just stopped playing it. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about Anthem? I was thinking about it the other day. I um I beat the story and I, I didn't even feel like grinding a level thirty because there's you're just doing strongholds over and over and over again or or doing quick play missions. And the and the main story doesn't even take you to level thirty. Yeah, which is just wild to me. But here's the crazy thing. I think I've got twenty seven hours in Anthem, the whole game. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how many hours I had in in the demo? Was it more than twenty seven? It was thirty. Oh my god. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, I played the demo more than I played the full game. Uh, I will, man. Shout out to Massive because they put out a demo that was questionable, and then they fixed the stuff in the demo. Yeah. Uh, I was having that audio bug in the demo. Haven't had it yet. Uh, on the full game. Uh, they they've just made an awesome product that I'm excited to see more of but even if they didn't release more of this product in the future i feel like it's a complete game as is yeah i mean it's not without its problems i have had i've had several crashes i'm i'm lushing over this game obviously there's there's some texture stuff but that's that's the thing though like if if anthem released with all its problems but it had the the content that division has or even Mm -hmm. even like 70 percent of that content people would not have complained near as much it just comes down to people are a lot more forgiving. Um, but I mean, Division Two also did have a very strong launch. Um, with compared to a lot of things we've seen lately, it it was very minimal issues. Um, yes. But it definitely has its issues. Uh, but it has, but it's it, going well. It's it's a ton of fun. I I couldn't be I couldn't be enjoying it more. This is this is everything I wanted from a sequel to Division, which is a game that I really enjoyed in spite of the amount of flaws it had where I feel like I can recommend this to people and just not even talk about the flaws because they're so minor to me and my experiences playing the game. Yeah, I agreed. Um, it, it feels complete. It feels good. Uh, and I, I, I can't wait to get to 30 because everything changes. <laughs> you don't even, you don't even have skill trees in this game until level 30. Yeah, dude, you, I'm, I'm excited to try out the stronghold too. Yeah, the the strongholds would be like the strikes. How many how Destiny. many strongholds do they have? Do you know? Three strongholds. Okay. And one coming out soon. So four, and then the raid. Do we know when the raid's coming out? They have not announced yet. Okay. It can't um, it can't be too too long. No. They they seem like they kind of have their ducks in a row. Yeah, I think so. They've they've announced like their first two episode packs. Uh, one of them you go to the Pentagon. Which, which is a cool thing to do. That'd be really cool. I'm. Just, I just want to be. I just want to be in that world. And this, this stole my attention from Apex. Uh, a game finally did it. Yeah. I, season one of Apex came out, and I've played much more of the Division than I have of Apex. Yeah. Well, to be honest, the Battle Pass 
is it a bit of a letdown it's it's fine um yeah it's not I like think... it's not bad i just i really wanted the challenges model that you get from like even fortnite even though i don't like it that much i really wanted that model um and then we have kind of the xp based model and and not only that it's it's a crawl man it is dude it's a crawl and there's a hundred tiers you you have to get more xp than you do for a level like at max level of that game to get one tier of the battle pass and it's it it just i'm not excited about it i'm not Uh, impressed by it i I just it needs to be better I think it's hard with a character-based game where the characters can look similar because you really need to know who you are fighting against. And it's hard to build skins around that. Um, what do you mean? Not to say... So, Overwatch does crazy skins. Yeah. But their character models are very different in general. So you're not going to mistake Reinhardt for Baptiste. Okay. Uh, and Fortnite, you don't have abilities, so it doesn't matter what the character looks like. Whereas in this game, uh, Octane and Wraith look very similar in size and build. So when you add like crazy skin variations it might get too hard to tell them apart and it could cause you to die. Okay. So I suppose, uh, I'm not saying that the battle pass is like up to snuff. Uh, cause I mean, we're comparing it to like God King of battle passes, Fortnite. Yeah. It seems to be a lot of filler. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm disappointed in it. I mean, that I'm, that's just the truth. I, I am too, but I wasn't playing this game for the battle pass, you know? Me either, but I still really hope that that would bring like a new freshness to it. Yeah, even and it's, it's nice to have like another progression. Stale, but yeah, but it's uh, just progre- it's such a crawl that it just doesn't add much for me. For sure, uh, I've been playing Octane. I don't, I don't have Octane yet. You just spend those legend tokens. I already got Caustic and. Oh, I spent money on it. And that that guy with Mirage. Mirage. And uh, I think I think I'm like a 32 because I've been playing so much other stuff. So I think I have to get like, I don't know, another 10 levels or so to, yeah. to get the coinage. Um, I, sp- I spent money on it, too. But, I, you know, I want to grind for the character. Yeah. Uh, Octane be crazy. Yeah, I saw his, you pulling off some crazy stuff. His kit's ridiculous. Uh, I posted on Instagram or Instagram uh, at button key games. Uh, follow us there for when news breaks where we've been posting about our thoughts on that platform, but I posted a video on there. I was playing with a friend and a supply crate was dropping from the sky and I decided to be a jerk and I used Octane's ultimate, which is a jump pad. And I threw right when the crate dropped, I threw the jump pad under my friend right when he was opening it and he bounced off and he opened it and it was a gold armor. So I just <laughs> swooped in and took the gold armor. Gold chest armor. It was gold. Yeah. Check it out. Follow us on Instagram for sure. I, I apologized and immediately said I would never do that again, but I had to try it once. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, I've had some sweet uh, peacekeeper murder streaks yeah. with Octane because he just runs fast. Uh, and he's kind of hard to pin down, and you just blast people, and it feels good. 
uh, it's a good feeling kit. He feels balanced. He doesn't feel crazy. Um, which I think is a risk of new characters being added in is sometimes they feel OP. Yeah. But he feels, he feels good and balanced. He, he seems to fit in with the rest of the kits in that game. Uh, I, I still love Apex. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good time. I think, I think that might about do it. Um, just a couple other small things. Um, I know Battlefield 5 Firestorm did their launch trailer. Uh, ah, that'll yes. be coming out on uh, Monday, which means that it'll be out by the time you're hearing this. Um, and uh, so I'm going to be checking that out at some point. Um, but, you know, Apex, so who cares? But I'm still going to check it out. Um, it looked cool. Yeah. That made me more interested in Battlefield 5 than anything else they showed. Yeah. That's, that's what I'll say about that. Yeah, it was that, cool. The, the effect of the actual ring in that game looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah, Battlefield's always been pretty graphically, you know. It's just, you just fly over the battlefield and you just see this giant ring of fire because the ring's there before you start. Yeah, which is funny because they boasted about how big the map was, but it's like most but of the map ma- is cut off small. from the drop. Yeah, yeah, like it's only half as big because you yeah. have to start in one area. Uh, but yeah, that looks cool. I'll wait till that comes to like EA Access, the vault yeah. or something, and I'll play that. Yeah. And then one other thing, um, a, a game that I've been very vocal about my excitement for known as Splitgate Arena Warfare um, has uh, confirmed a spring launch. Uh, so if you're on PC and uh, check that game out, they're going to be, I know they're going to be doing a, another alpha test very soon. Um, so I'll be streaming that when they do uh, check us out, twitch.tv slash button key games. Um, but uh, yeah, and for I those mean, who don't know, that's the, that's the portal halo mix game. Oh yeah, and it's amazing. It is if if you've ever enjoyed Halo multiplayer, it is the game for you. I'm telling you, it's it's fantastic and I cannot wait for it. Thanks, um, so I'm excited about that. But I think that uh I think that about wraps it up for us. How was your beer? My beer was good. I finished it I finished it like halfway through the episode. Episode? Episode. Uh yeah, it's a solid lager. I like harp. Harp's good. Yeah. Drink harp when you get the chance. Anytime next time old St. Paddy's Day rolls around, grab yourself a harp. So an interesting thing happened. You like that beer? It was good. Yeah. And it, was it, it did. IPAE? It was. But like it was just the right amount of bitterness mm. for me. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it was it was so drinkable and it had such a good flavor. Who's that um, from again? Deschutes. Deschutes. Uh, it looks German. It looks German, but it's probably oh. not because it says well, Northwest Pale Ale. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, Bend, yeah. Oregon. Got that one from the West Coast, huh? Yeah, um, but it's, it's probably someone's last name. It's, Those West Coast style IPAs are on the up. But it's the Red Chair NWPA. They're good. Northwest Pale Ale. I guess Ale. it is called the Northwest Pale Ale. We could have assumed at least kind of where it was from. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. But uh, but yeah, it was actually it was actually pretty darn good. I was impressed. Well, good. Go go try out the shoots. Yeah, I might want I might want to find those. Well, that wraps it up for us. Uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you taking the time to hear what we have to say. Um, be sure to check us out on our socials. Uh, you can also go to buttonkey.games. We have links to everything there. Um, um, I also want to give a big shout out. Um, we have one listener from spain that has listened to it looks like nearly all of our episodes very loyal 
very loyal. Either that or there's someone who's using uh, a VPN uh, based in Spain. But either we way... Think, we want to think that they are from Spain. E- either way, um, shout out to you. We appreciate it. We, uh, we also, this week, we are, we are so close. So close to 500 downloads. And that's, that's a big deal for us. So we need you guys to push us over the edge. Yeah. So share this with your friends. You know, by Monday we might be at it because, I mean, we're so close. Hey, it doesn't matter. Share it with your mom. Share it with your dad. Yeah. Your dog. But that's a big deal for us, you know. We've, uh, we've been doing this just over a month, and uh, we really appreciate the support of everyone who's, who's listened and continued to listen. Um, it, means, it means the world to me and Evan. Um, so, and you guys are allowed to talk to us. Absolutely. Reach out to us on, on Instagram. We, have, we both have personal Twitters, Evan Buttonkey, Jordan Buttonkey. Yeah. Uh, we have our, our, our podcast Twitter, Buttonkey Games. We have our podcast Instagram, Buttonkey Games. Uh, we also have button, buttonkey.game slash contact. You can actually just message us directly, send us questions, chat it up, whatever you want to do. We're here. And if you, if you want to use our email address, that's buttonkeygames at gmail.com. Yeah. We also stream on Twitch. I already said that. We already talked about that. <laughs> That's all our plugs. We should sprinkle the plugs more throughout the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did plug our Twitch like earlier in the show. Yeah. So be sure to check back next week for more.